Okay, keep going. Now I'm on the podcast. So what's a podcast? Hello and welcome back to What You Talking, a Kim's Convenience Podcast. As always, I'm Mike. And I'm Ruby. And today we're going to close off our season three in What You Talking fashion with fans gushing about the show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These fans range from people who have recently binged all four seasons to fans that the cast know by first name. Like us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd hope that they know our name or I don't know. I think. Most of them definitely know you. <laughs> well, no, they know you too. It's like Mike and Ruby. <laughs> they always look for you first. It's like, where's Ruby? No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, among these people, lots of talented and very dedicated people. Yes, um, definitely. And uh, yeah, just like us, they pour themselves out for the show. So our first submission is Colin, and you can follow him at Twitter at Colin Hollis too is a longtime Kimbit with some of the best cast photos of all the Toronto fans. And uh, if you ever meet him, ask him to show you his favorite selfie with Paul. And here's Colin. Hi, my name is Colin, and I'm one of the original Kimbits. I got into the show from the very beginning, anticipating a show that was set in Toronto in a convenience store in the Regent Park area, an area that I worked in extensively and, and was really fond of. The fact that at the time I was heavily into Orphan Black and that Gene Yoon was going to be on the cast of this show was just a bonus. My anticipation was cemented by a strange encounter that I had with uh, Paul um, a week before the show was due to air when he was at the CBC to uh, make uh, an announcement that the show was going to be delayed due to the Blue Jays getting into the playoffs. I got a chance to meet Paul um, in the lobby of the CBC and uh, got a selfie taken with him. Um, But I was kind of nervous when I met him um, and the selfie didn't turn out so great. So I thought. I didn't have the nerve to ask for a retake so I (laughs) thanked him for his time and, and he went on his way and I went on mine. I was so excited when I met Paul um, that I forgot that my camera was zoomed. So what I got in the picture was an extreme close-up of half of Paul's head and half of mine. I later got it signed by Paul, and it is probably my favorite possession on my wall and my no-touch wall at home. I don't have an actual favorite character um, because they they are all so very good, Um, but I do have a favorite combo or or the scenes where uh, Appa and Janet interact. Uh, The ones where the, the unspoken love between them um, sets off a, a rage of emotions and as the father of uh, daughters myself um, I, I just find that such such a pleasurable thing um, beyond the comedy of the show it, it shows the heart of the show because at the heart of the show is just uh, a regular family doing whatever they can to get by they love each other without saying it and sometimes it doesn't appear that they love each other, but but the true love is always there, uh, deep at the heart. I have to say my favorite episode was actually the very first episode broadcast, um, and because it, sh- it, it showed up front that this show was not going to just be something that you're going to laugh at, but it was going to be something that makes you think, um, some something to help you understand, uh, 
you know, um, ge- genuinely from the heart of, of a man who isn't perfect and is genuinely just trying to go through life understanding and doesn't mean to be callous or rude. Um, just sometimes he needs to gain a little bit of knowledge, uh, which we, we see he does time and time again. Appa evolves with the knowledge he gains. He doesn't always change the way you want him to change, but he has the heart to at least seek out the knowledge that he needs or feels that he is, is missing in life. He may be judgmental, but he always seeks to understand. For me, Kim's Convenience is basically the perfect storm. Uh, set in Toronto, Regent Park, an area that I'm familiar with. Incredible cast, incredible uh, supporting cast, um, drawn from theatre and, and comedy clubs from around Toronto. People that pop up and you go, oh, I know them from... It's just phenomenal. I'm very blessed to have had many interactions with the cast uh, over the years. Every one of them is special, whether it was the very first one or the latest one. The only difference now is I'm a little bit less nervous to meet them. Um, It's more like meeting old friends you haven't seen for a little while. And they are as wonderful in person as they they appear to be on the screen. It's a delight to be with these people. I draw as much joy now um, from seeing them interacting with the other fans. Fans who are meeting them for the first time. And kind of seeing myself in, in the fans the way I was a few years back. Meeting them for the first time, being thrilled to meet them. It brings tears to my eyes sometimes when I see their interactions, especially when it's with younger people being introduced to them. This cast is truly a, a, a cast that, that deserves a fandom because they love their fans as much as we love them. Um, and it's just a wonderful thing. And next up, we have Matt Fleming. You can follow him on Twitter at Black T-Shirt. Probably one of the most talented Kimbits that we know. Um, mm-hmm. Matt's been officially and unofficially doing illustrations for Kim's Convenience. And if you've ever received that Kimbit card, the postcard that's attached to it is his design. And also, if you follow him, you'll see other thematic posters that he's done for various Kim's episodes. So here's Matt. Hi, my name is Matt Fleming, and I am a Kim's Convenience fan. I was introduced to Kim's Convenience um, when everybody else was, really. We live in Washington, uh, my wife and I, and we're able to get CBC. We're just below Vancouver Island, so um, we're able to to catch it right as it, as it came out. And um, I remember thinking, you know, as soon as I saw the teaser, I think it's where Appa is flipping a sign over or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but I, I just knew that I was going to like it. So, um, yeah, so, so we're, you know, lucky that, that we're one of the few places in the United States that gets to catch it as it comes out. We don't have to wait for it to come out on Netflix. My favorite character is Appa. Um, he's flawed and he's lovable and he's trying to do the right thing. He, not from the outset sometimes, but he always, he always seems to try and make up, make up for it at the end of the episode. And, um, you know, I, I also like thinking about him buying everything in the store. You know, when, one of my favorite parts about 
about the show is you know getting glimpses into the story you see all the stuff up on the shelves and a lot of it just seems completely useless or or you know collecting dust like who would who would ever buy something like that and i just i I just love the thought of him you know going through some sort of like home depot or something like that and just grabbing extension cords and you know uh hats and 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 everything that that ends up on the wall I think my favorite episode would have to be season one finale, even though there's been so many episodes between then and now, a lot of great episodes. That one I always go back to. I think it's choked me up a couple of times. I just love the end when he he sort of, when Appa um, just sort of, you know, wants to connect with his family and, and ends up, you know, singing in the hallway behind them and and I, I just love that. And, and also just the sort of complicated relationship that he has with his son. It's something that really, you know, you don't see in a lot of sitcoms or at least as some sort of, you know, form of slapstick. And I felt like they just did it be- so beautiful. And it was, it was just a great family moment. The show for me is An Escape um you know for 13 weeks out of the year um you know it's it's grounded in reality and you know there's still cultural issues and relationships and all the messy things of life but at the end of the day it's you know is wrapped up nicely at at the end of 22 minutes um you know i i love the sort of effortless inclusion of um or just diversity that you see in Toronto included in the show. Um, I've been there a couple of times. My wife is from there. And that's one of the reasons I love big cities is it's just this big melting pot of, of uh, different races, different cultures and, and interactions of those. And I I think it's important to have that even in, in comedy. And uh, you know, uh, for me, it's also been a creative outlet um, the show has kind of allowed me to ride its coattails, so to speak, because I like to create um, episode art after each one and um, after each episode. And so I like to combine um, a convenience store item with a theme that was in the show, whether it's like just a really short joke that happened or the overarching theme of the, of the episode. Um, but it's a nice creative challenge for me and it's also fun too. And, and, uh, you know, posting the drawings on Twitter, seeing the reaction from both fans and also the cast, which is just an incredibly accessible bunch of people that are just so, so grateful to the fans. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it too is why why i like it is there's there's sort of this element of beyond the show where these are like really nice people you know that are that are in the show and and just so welcoming to you know compliments and and you know just taking the time to to say hi to people either on twitter or you know you're doing your your zoom conferences now and i just think it's so great because they just each one of them has like this amazing personality and and i love seeing that so it makes you just kind of root for the show even more um i think that might be all that i have um thanks a lot for listening
So next up, we have Joe. You can find her on Twitter at Sajaz. So we met uh, Joe, I think this year or last year. This I'm year. I'm not too sure. Th- yeah. This year, yeah. Um, but she's also a longtime fan and she has many talents, one of which is professional photography. Wow, I love photography. Here's Joe. Hi, my name is uh, Joanne, but my friends mostly call me Joe. Um, I'm one of the lucky ones that live in the city where Kim Convenient is filmed. That's in Toronto. I've always been a fan of Canadian television, but I think mostly because I spent a better part of my life working in TV and film before I changed careers about five years ago. Um, But I still do a bit of photography and article work for a magazine in my spare time. Uh, So since I'm a fan of Canadian programming and because of the show's fantastic media team of promoting its brand new show called Kim's Convenience, I decided to tune in to the first episode. I believe it aired in 2016 um, just because the cast was primary Asian. And that was something that was interesting to me because you don't really see much of that on television today. And I found that the show had everything really. It had diversity, great writing, a great cast, and the cast had such great chemistry. Um, All this I felt that could make it a success. Um, I find that the main characters are are well-developed and reflect the challenges of the Korean-Canadian experience. Um, But they do all have flaws, but that makes them much more lovable, to be honest. Uh, But the diversity of supporting characters and the customers that come into the store, I find that reflects like modern day Toronto, like what you would see here in the city. Now, my favorite relationship in the show basically is between Appa and Janet, um, just because it reminds me so much of my own relationship with my father. Uh, The scene where neither of them wanted to admit that they were each other's favorite uh, kind of spoke a lot of volume to me because that's sort of the same relationship I have with my own dad. Um, The banter that they have where they're teasing is very much like my own father and myself. Also, like Janet, I kind of do a little bit of photography, but mostly as a hobby, not as a career. Um, But I mean, this family, I relate to it um, because it just reminds me so much of my own. I mean, uh, Uma's criticism and tough love is very much like my own mother. Like I see her on the screen and I'm, I'm watching my own mother. Um, but sad to say, my brother looks nothing like Jung. Um, but if you haven't guessed it, my favorite character is Appa. Uh, I think it has a lot to do in watching this character. I see pieces of my dad and it's being like reflected on TV. Um, but by far the episode where he was high from the drugs uh, from the dentist has to be my favorite scene. It was just a different version of Appa and I laugh every time I see that scene. Yeah, I met a lot of actors over the years in my job. And in doing my job, I don't usually have a hard time talking to them. Um, but since I'm a fan of the show, I was a little too shy to go out and see them at these events that they had um, earlier. Uh, my first meeting with them, I think, was in uh, the first fan day that they showed up at. Um, I thought I would just get the picture and that would be it. Not much talking and that was okay for this introvert. Uh, but my case, phone case cover 
had a picture of uh, Josh Donaldson of the Blue Jays. So when I went up to get the picture and the person had held up the phone to take the picture, uh, Paul, who plays Appa, saw the case and said that he was his favorite player too. And at that moment, I was able to say more than just smile and say hello. He kind of made a connection to me right right away at that moment. Um, and then soon after, he started following me on Twitter, realizing I was a fan of the Blue Jays and a fan of Kim's Convenience. I even met up with him at uh, Fan Expo, which I usually attend because I do the media photos for it. Um, but he was attending as a fan, uh, not yet as a guest, which occurred last year. Uh, but he's a fellow geek, which connected me even more to him. But it was that moment, actually, I kind of gathered a little bit more courage to go to more events and meet more kinbits. Basically, but the more events that I went to, I find the more I started connecting to like other kin bits and to the cast. Um, I got more and more friends hooked onto the show. I kept bringing um, different friends to different events that I went to. Uh, I just wanted to know everybody, like everyone to know that this show was great and they should be watching it, to be honest. Um, but that's just being blessed to be able to live in the same city that where I can meet the cast. Um, I love meeting all of them and enjoy talking to all of them and having moments with them. But um, I think the best moment that I remember was in the Just for Laughs event. Uh, Paul has said that while growing up, he was kind of ashamed to be Asian and he would do his best to deny his heritage and just wanted to fit in. When he said that, that kind of spoke a lot of volume to me because that was exactly me as a kid. Everything he described, I did. I did exactly the same thing. So I mean that the show kind of um, made me more prouder of my heritage, which I'm really, really thankful for. So I'm no longer denying and I no longer wanted to fit in. I'm just going to be myself, basically. Um, but in that event, uh, a friend of mine had gotten there early enough to do the meet and greet, but I had missed out. Um, I did catch the stage event and then just waited outside for my friend to come out. Uh, but when she came out, she jokingly said that she had spent all her time talking about me to Paul instead of talking about herself. Uh, just simply because of a medical scare that I had uh, recently. And then at that moment when she said that, the cast had come out and I just shouted a hello to Paul, which I don't usually do, but for some reason I saw him and I shouted a hello. Uh, to my surprise, he came running over to give me a hug and asked how I was and how relieved he was. Everything turned out in my favor. Like that was the most... I was so stunned in that moment, like so shocked. Uh, I meet a lot of people, but I was just floored that he knew the story and just wanted to make sure I was okay. I mean, that speaks a lot of volume to the type of person that he was. But in saying that, I mean, I do love everyone in the cast, from the main cast to the supporting cast. I think they all do a fantastic job putting the show together and celebrating diversity. Um, I hope more and more people discover it. 
And um, that's my story. So thanks for listening. And okay, see you. Next up, we have Marie and Joe. They are a tag team Kimbeck couple. They're always full of energy and often drop everything they're doing to attend cast-related events. So uh, here they are. Hi, guys. My name is Marie, and I've been a Kimbit now probably since the show started. Um, it is just an amazing show, and I absolutely love it. Truly love everything about it. Hi, everybody. My name is Joe Galati. I'm Marie's husband, and I've been a fan of the show since the beginning. And I'm a huge Kim's Convenience fan and a Kimbit. And now how we got into the show. Um, I just stumbled upon the show one day, just just uh, flipping through the TV channels, and I saw this uh, TV show about a family that uh, owns a convenience store in Toronto, and I thought I'd watch it, and I was hooked from the very beginning. And then he got me into it, and the first time that I met the cast at the Sony Center, and I just honestly fell in love with them from there because I just saw how genuine and how amazing they were and just embraced us as fans. And I think from that moment on, I just fell head over heels even more into the show. And um, yeah, I just honestly love these guys. Uh, So now we're going to talk about our favorite character and why. This is a very tough question. because absolutely tough. (laughs) Because I love all the characters on the show. They all bring something to it. And they're all amazing people as well. but if I have to pick one person, I'm going to pick Terrence, played by Michael Moosey. Um, he's just a hilarious character. He's just a lovable goof. He's, 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 he's got so many layers to him. And he's like, whenever you think you have him figured out, something new comes up about him. And I don't think we've seen the end of... Uh, Terrence of, of Terrence, like what what he has in his past and everything, and uh, and what he's going to bring to the show in and, the future, and what he's going to bring to the show, and yeah, definitely what he's going to bring to the show in the future as well. Um, I really can't pick one person because uh, every character brings something to the show, and um, anywhere from Kimchi to Jung, Ama, Appa, Janet, Sh- Shannon, uh, Terrence. Acosia, everybody. I just honestly cannot pick one person. I just truly love every single cast member on Kim's Convenience. And I've met all of them, well, probably 95% of them in person at all kinds of shows and at Bad Dog Theater and everything like that. So honestly, to pick one favorite, I just, I can't because I just love each and every single one of them for what they bring. And who they are in person because every single one is just so genuine and like just so so sweet love janet love everybody all right now our favorite episode again this was a tough one because every episode is is hilarious and and it's just uh fun to watch uh but i did pick Appanoon delight which was season three episode seven and what i loved about this episode is that you get to see two people that are always kind of uptight and working hard in their store and just trying to, you know, make a life for themselves and give their, their children a better life. But in this episode, you see them being fun and carefree. And they were kind of like teenagers, like hiding, you know, 
uh, having sex in like a spot they're not supposed to. And then they get caught when Gerald comes home and then they're like, you know, go away, big raccoon. You know, it was just, we were dying of laughter at that episode because Appa with the socks and Janet figuring out, it was just hilarious. And Gerald was just totally oblivious, just totally oblivious and clueless. Like even when he finds the sock and he's just like, he just didn't have no idea who it could be. Yeah. He just had no idea. And you, you can tell Janet knew and she was mortified and, uh, and, you know, just wanted to put a stop to it. It was just, it was completely hilarious. Yeah. I really, um, I just really love the, uh, the conversations between Mr. Meta and Appa and them at the store, just old friends hanging out, comparing each other's lives. And, you know, one owns a restaurant, one owns a store. They have so many similarities. And I just love everything too, that Sujit brings to the show. He's just the nicest guy as well. And, um, yeah, to pick an episode of my favorite, I mean, between Hapkido and Misaji Kige and, um, I don't know, just, it's just too hard to pick one episode because I just love them all. I know that I'm being repetitive, but yeah, it's just really hard to pick one thing. <laughs> really is. It is. <laughs> and our favorite cast interactions, um, I guess we're one of the few lucky Kimbits that have met them. Yeah, we've met them all. Met them so many times, so many places. Yeah. And we've met. Even Ziad Elk, we met him like just walking downtown Toronto. We met Toronto. him by, by chance on, on Young and Dundas. And uh, and uh, other ones we've met, like Paul, we've met so many times, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Fung. And always so gracious and kind and all, always giving us the best hugs. And going to the movie theater yeah. with Simu to see his movie. And Andrea, always just so sweet. And Ben and... I don't know. It's just, it's really hard to pick one. It really is. Yeah. They're always I, we, just so nice. We enjoy the cast interactions at Bad Dog because it's more personal. It's more personal. It's not structured. It's, yeah. it's just, you know, they're just there. You talk with them and then other people talk with them and, you know, you give other people a chance and you're just kind of, it's, it's just kind of like you're just all there together and it's. Yeah. It's just like friends all hanging out at Bad Dog and, you know, just listening and watching the show and then hanging out after at the bar. It's just, it, that's one of my favorite interactions too, because it's very, it's not as structured and uh, we could spend more time with them one-on-one and more personal. Exactly. So that's it, everybody. That that was just a little bit about ourselves and, uh, and why we love Kim's convenience. It, it has brought Marie and I closer together. I think as well, we enjoy going downtown Toronto and, uh, absolutely spending the day together and, uh, doing Kim's convenience related activities. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, we just spend time together going to see Kim's going to see all the cast. And we just honestly love seeing all our Kimbits downtown Toronto and seeing them all and hanging out. So, Yep, that's just a little bit about us, and uh, we will be Kimbits forever, and we hope the show lasts for years and years to come. So all the best, guys. Uh, Love all our Kimbits and all the cast, and thanks so much. Yes, thank you, Mike and Ruby, and on the podcast, What You Talking. Bye. Bye. And next we have Anne. You can find her on Twitter at Anne Chow. She's a longtime fan and is based in Toronto. Um, last year, we all hung out um, during the charity basketball game that Sumu was hosting at the Asian Night Market. And she's one of the rare Kimbit fans that got to see him the day before he was casted at Shang-Chi. Right. Lucky. 
<laughs> She's also a super talented singer that took part in the a cappella version of the Neju, yeah, Neju, yeah, which um, was recorded, and I know um, Jean really liked it. Um, mm. The Kim, the Kims sang the song in season one finale. It was the the yeah. church scene right. where Emma, Jung, and um, Janet was singing. That tearjerker. Yeah. So here's Anne. Hello. My name is Anne Chow, and I'm from Toronto, the T-Dot, the Six, or however you want to call it. I was introduced to the show by first watching the play, started out being completely delighted with the title of the play, thoroughly enjoyed the comedy that centered around a Korean-Canadian family, and ended up weeping at the realization that it was a modern take based on the story Jesus told of the prodigal son. Boy, was I amazed that the CBC picked up the play, and it was being made into a TV show. My favorite character, wow, that's a hard one to decide. But I relate the closest to Janet as a Chinese-Canadian myself who went into the arts and studied music in university. My favorite episode is the last episode of season one, with the scene of Ama, Janet, and Jung singing a hymn at church, and Appa quietly joining in from backstage to complete the quartet. That moment captures the hope that we all long for, a familial reconciliation between father and son. Wow, there are so many reasons why I love the show. I was thinking about it and wonder if my life is reflected in the show or is the show reflected in my life? I love the fact that the church that is used in filming is across the street from my local shoppers and their filming studio is a block from there. I also can't help but smile as I pass by the real Kim's convenience store while riding the streetcar. I live in the neighborhood of Toronto called Little India and recently giggled in the aisle of my local shop as I saw a trans lady chatting it up with a cashier. It was such a typical snapshot of life in Toronto, and I happily recalled the epic first episode in the first season of Kim's. I'd love to give a huge shout out to the playwright and writers of Kim's Convenience for so closely mirroring the life of real Canadians. The material of the show is ripe for the writing. Next up, we have Melvin. Uh, we met Melvin this year during COVID. He's he's actually a dentist located in Ottawa, and he started up a number of Kimbit-related projects, including uh, Kimbit-oriented Hangul lessons, and uh, he's the one who started up that a cappella choir to do the Neijuyo. So uh, here's Melvin. Hello, my name is uh, Melvin Lee, and I uh, am known on on Twitter as Kimbit Dentist. Uh, I am a dentist uh, in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada. For those uh, listening who are outside of Canada. Um, I've been watching Kim's Convenience as a fan since the very first episode. Uh, I was introduced to the show uh, actually because I grew up with uh, Appa, uh, uh, Paul's Hunyang Lee. Our two families went to the same church in Calgary uh, in the 80s, uh, basically 1984, 85 to uh, 1990. And uh, that's how I was introduced to the show. I knew about his play the 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 show as when it was a play kim's convenience and uh, started following him and the play for about a year uh before um cbc took on the play 
and uh, as a show. Um, in terms of my favorite character uh, on the show, it's got to be Shannon. She is my alter ego. Um, awkward, uh, genuine, caring, um, loves, loves, loves karaoke. Um, yeah, no, she, uh, she's definitely, uh, I, I would love someday to be able to go to a Korean norebang, which is uh, karaoke in, in, in Korean. Uh, someday and uh, and sing crushing it, crushing it with her at the Norebang. Um, my favorite episode of all time has to be the family singing contest. Um, when the Kim family started to sing the Korean hymn, uh, it literally took took me um, from the start of the hymn to when Appa joins in on the wings, hidden from everyone else. Um, and start singing his tenor voice, uh, I just started bawling. And I've uh, re-watched that scene. It must be 40 or 50 times. And every single time, I will cry. Uh, it has a personal connection to me. because, um, And Paul actually knew about this, knows about this as well, because our church in Calgary, we would have these annual family singing contests. Um, our family... Um, uh, I don't know the actual title in English, but in Korean, it's called That was our, our hymn. So the, like the Park family in Kim's Convenience, they always did Sound of Music. We always did that hymn every single time we had a family singing contest. And so me, my sister, my, whole, my, my parents, we know that hymn by heart. Um, so when that scene came on air, I was already primed, I guess, to cry uh, because I, I knew how much, how important and how much uh, cultural significance, at least within the Korean church, um, that episode has. Um, and I guess it's a good segue to talk about what the show means to me. As a Korean Canadian, the screenplay, the script of the show is my life. My parents owned a convenience store uh, when I was young uh, in Burlington. Um, uh, we lived on the second floor of the store uh, in, the, in the same building. Um, and so the really, really long hours, like we would open from uh, 6 or 7 a.m. And, and close basically 10 p.m. at night, open basically 365 days a year, um, I remember all of my relatives, they owned, uh, many of them owned stores as well, convenience stores as well. And so on New Year's Day, to observe our cultural um, customs, uh, respecting our elders, playing yut, which is a uh, Korean kind of stick-throwing game, uh, we would do that early morning uh, on New Year's Day and then go back to our stores and open them up for business. Um, that was life. And so this show uh, isn't just... A, a sitcom or a TV show for me. This is an exposition of my life and uh, many Korean Canadian immigrant families' lives uh, to the rest of Canada. And to have Canadians and now uh, Kim's, convenience, Kim's Convenience fans all over the world through Netflix embrace this show, love this show, um, I, I just feel so proud and honored as a fellow. Korean Canadian to be able to share in this experience. 
uh, and share this experience with so many, not just in Canada, but around the world. Um, uh, an interesting FY, FYI about me, uh, I actually, um, I, I work at a, a bit of a high level with uh, elite curling and uh, international and Olympic curling. Uh, the Korean curling team that won the silver medal at the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics in 2018 uh, are good friends of mine. And uh, I've become uh, close friends because of my curling connections with uh, the top curlers in Canada, arguably the world, uh, like Jennifer Jones, um, Brad Gushu, Jocelyn Peterman, Brett Gallant. Uh, Brett's father, Peter Gallant, actually coached the Korean women's team in 2018 to silver. And so, um, yeah, um, a lot of connections with curling. And because of these connections, uh, currently I am on staff with the Korea Curling Federation. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, an interesting tidbit about myself. Um, but, yeah, this show uh, has become a monster. I truly believe that Kim's Convenience is going to be the defining show of our generation, like the Cosby show was in the 80s, um, like Friends was in the 2000s. Uh, I just think this, uh, this show and this cast uh, has the potential to become the defining show and to reach a status where perhaps Cosby show and, and Friends did not because of the internet and because of Netflix, where it becomes the possibly favorite comedy show in the world because of the Netflix platform and its reach uh, uh, throughout the world. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, we'll see not just seasons five and season six, but season 20, perhaps even season 30, uh, and, and see... Uh, the Kim family grow old and perhaps uh, Appa and Amma get grandchildren and maybe even great-grandchildren through this show. Um, during this time of COVID-19, I just want to wish everyone well. Uh, be safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Uh, keep on practicing the physical distancing. And to all the Kimbits out there, I really hope to meet you in person soon. Take care. God bless you. Bye-bye. The next two fans we met actually through Melvin's lessons. Uh, first up, we have Michelle, which you can follow at at shellang23. And she's like a master of many languages. She's already mastered <laughs> Chinese. And after probably going through Melvin's and her uh, own lessons, she's probably learned Korean, more Korean than I know. My name is Michelle, and I'm a fan of Kim's Convenience. I found Kim's Convenience on Netflix one Christmas uh, when I was looking for something to watch. And I happened to see this show, and I thought, oh, let's give it a chance. Can't be all that bad, right? And to my utter sheer surprise and joy, I found that this show was just hitting all the marks, reminding me of home, reminding me of my mother that I miss so much. And um, it just, uh, it just was right at the right time, right show at the right time. Uh, I found that 
I enjoyed the relationships between uh, the parents and their children, uh, parents and their friends. Uh, it was just an all-around good, good show. Uh, my favorite character is Oma. And I think it's because I miss my own mother. My own mother passed away in 2004. And uh, while she was a strict person, she was still fun and lovable and loving and a joy to be around. And I find that Oma is like that. Uh, she wants the best for her family, uh, but she doesn't want them to, to fall into any um, mistakes that they can't get themselves out of. I love when she... I love the the episode where she uh, where Janet uh, got rid of her um her golden elephant and she did everything in her power to get Janet to bring that elephant back if it even if it meant lying and uh in that way it reminded me of my own mother not that she was a liar or anything it's just that she was just adamant about certain things you don't do certain things without her express permission and Oma is just like that. She's loving, but she's firm, and uh, she just keeps the, she holds the family together. Um, my, um, the show is very special to me. I, I am a, I'm a learner of Korean. I speak the language to an extent, and I am still learning every day. And uh, to see um, a Korean family. Uh, almost mirror my own is a joy. Um, I am not Korean, but I enjoy uh, learning the the beautiful language. It's it's a melodic language, and to know that there are other families out there that are have experienced some of the th- same things that I have experienced, uh, not necessarily in the same exact way, but the idea is there. Uh, it kind of brings home all the lessons uh, my mother tried to teach me. And with that show, it's a comfort. It's like eating comfort food. Kim's Convenience is like eating comfort, comfort food. You never get enough, and it's always at the right time. And we also have Zemena at high underscore XIME 20. And she's relatively a new fan, but like she loves Kim's. It's very she clear. She all four seasons at once. Yeah, <laughs> that's hardcore. Hey guys, this is Simena speaking. Um, I'm from Texas. Um, okay, so Kim's Convenience. Um, so I got introduced through uh, to the show by a friend of mine who loves everything Korean. Um, and she just, in general, loves Asian culture. Um, and so <laughs> she sat me down and she was like, okay, you have to watch this. It's actually super funny. Um, and so at first I wasn't super into it just because I think I had seen like half an episode or something like that. So I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to keep up with uh, what was happening. But then I actually sat down and saw the whole thing. And by the whole thing, I mean all four seasons, just like that. Um, <laughs> I loved it so much. I felt like I could relate on such a deeper level, despite the difference in cultures, because I'm actually Latin, originally Peruvian. Um, my favorite characters uh, would probably be Ama and Appa. I think they are so funny. And I mean, I don't even think that they intend to be funny. Just just kind of like um, 
their characters and how, you know, like Appa can be sweet, but also can be very strict. And then Amma being, um, you know, Amma and just having her own opinions and sometimes meddling in. And it just, I just think it's so funny. Um, and then being, you know, like trying to be the best kind of parents that they can be to Jung and uh, Janet. I think it's beautiful. I mean, it really shows that no family is ever perfect, regardless of um, the, the the background that they have, right? And yet, uh, they 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 tried as best as they can with what they know, right? And so, um, I think I they're just they're just my favorite. Uh, favorite episode, I would say, is Rude Kid. Um, I can't remember which season this is from, but I can tell you guys that I bawled, uh, especially when Appa asked janet to flick him on the forehead if she thought that he had been a bad appa i lost it at the very end um and i think it's because i I mean you know he's he's trying to be the the best dad that he can in many ways right and 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 they all you know have their own opinion and we're, we're we're flawed human beings and you can definitely see how vulnerable he becomes when he says this and i just lost it i was like oh my goodness i just i just wanted to cry so bad um so i love that episode um let's see <sighs> what can i tell you guys i mean i <laughs> like i said before i'm i'm latin um so it's so weird how even being latina um I feel like this relates so much to me like this show in general it holds a piece of my heart because I see the struggles that they go through um I think representation is so important um I just it means so much because I feel like it gives it give it gives people of different backgrounds, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, like Asian or black or white or Latin, it doesn't matter. It gives you a peek on how, um, an, an Asian family is. Obviously this doesn't mean that every Asian family is like this, but it gives you a peek into their world and how it is to be immigrants and their culture as well. And I think that when you go in and watch the show with an open mind, it really changes the way that you see things. And if anything, it gives you more respect for other cultures. And I think that is so important because we live in a world where sometimes we just just don't respect each other. And, and at the same time, we're trying to become more educated. And I think this is a very fun way of educating yourself while at the same time having such a great time because it really is funny. Like, I've been laughing so hard. I've been doing everything. I've been like laughing and crying and it's just such a fun series. And if you have not seen it, I encourage you, please do so. Please do so because you will not regret it. It is so funny. Anyways, so that's my, um, I don't know if the word is rant, but (laughs) on Kim's Convenience, I love it so much. I I guess the right word will not be rant, but that's just my little two cents of what I think of the series. I really love it. So if you haven't seen it, please watch it. You will not regret it. Next up, we have Dawson. Now we met Dawson at the Bad Dog Theater event last year. And uh, we were surprised to find out we actually had a fan of the podcast. Yeah, I know. I was like, people listen to us? Really? 
<laughs> so um yeah dawson gave us a submission we're really glad to have him mm-hmm. on so um well here's dawson hi everyone uh, my name is dawson um i'm so glad that i have the opportunity to record for this podcast so thank you so much to mike for um letting me do this um as i said my name is dawson i am starting my first year in law school in september um, and I've been a really big fan of Kim's Convenience for about three years now. So I'm, I'm, I've really enjoyed the show. Um, I saw it just while scrolling through Netflix and it said hot and recommended. Um, so I checked it out and I'm really, really glad I did. Um, after watching the first episode, I knew that this was the show for me. Um, when it comes to my favorite character, I would, it's hard for me to narrow it down to just one. Um, I think I have two. Um, Janet and... Kimchi are probably my two favorite, um, just because they're fantastic. Um, Janet, because I kind of relate to that um, student struggle, you know, trying to get good grades and trying to do the things um, that your parents want you to do, um, and you know, trying to balance your interests as well. So I kind of get that, and I love Kimchi just because he's very funny. He kind of brings balance to a lot of um, very tense situations and scenes. Um, so I think he's fantastic and Andrew does a fantastic job at doing that. Um, my favorite episode is definitely Uppa's Lump. That show, that episode, sorry, has so many beautiful moments, um, that kind of talk about family, um, and kind of a personal sacrifice. Um, and it's really about people coming together. And I think that was a beautiful aspect of that episode where, um, Jung went to go visit Appa in the hospital, and they had that conversation, um, and it was really, really meaningful. Um, or when Janet gave up the opportunity to go to her awards show so she could man the store, and I think that was something that was really beautiful. It's just the kind of those different things that were being done. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorite episodes for sure. The show, what the show means to me, I could I could go on for hours about what it means to me, but I'll try to keep it um, succinct. Uh, what the show means to me is that it really tells the story of Canadians and first-generation families. Um, I saw a really beautiful thing that Jean had said when she was in an interview, and she said, you know, we're just telling the story of the families of Toronto and the families of Canada, you know, they're the people you see on the street. And I think that's something that's really beautiful about the show, and I think it rings true. Um, it's absolutely amazing about how they can capture real life um, and show it on a screen. And it's something that so many people can relate to. Um, and I think I also love that the way that they address certain themes um, or things that are happening in the real world, but they don't shy away from it. So questions such as racism, um, sexism, ma- uh, hyper-masculinity, the toxic masculinity. I think that's a really great thing that not only are they showing it, but they're showing that how it should be addressed and, um, and I think that's a really amazing thing. So the show, for me, is a lot about coming together and overcoming. And I think that's a really important thing to have right now, um, especially in light of COVID and how many people are struggling and around the world. And I think it's a beautiful thing that this show kind of is about coming together. Um, so Mike gave me the opportunity to talk about my favorite cast interactions. I promise I'll keep this one short. In the first take I did, I think I went on for about 10 minutes or so. Um, but there's two that really, really stick out to me. And um, the one is the times that I've met um, Andrew Fung, who plays Kimchi. Um, 
Andrew is such an amazing person, um, let alone actor um, on the screen. Um, the first time I met him was when he was going to watch um, Crazy Rich Asians in theaters with Simu, and I got to meet the both of them. Um, and Andrew and Simu were both super, super polite. Um, but I've gotten the opportunity to meet Andrew two times after that. Um, once, Both of those times were at the Bad Dog Theater, and the second time was when they were doing the annual you know, Kim Bits, um, improv show. And I got to, you know, chat with, chat with him again. And it was, it was really, really nice because he was a very down to earth person and chatting with everybody there. Um, but what really, really stuck out to me was the third time I met him. Um, he approached me and said, Hey Dawson, how's it going? And, and the fact that he remembered my name really shows that he cares about the people that are there and the people that are supporting the show. Um, and I think that is something that's absolutely amazing. Um, and it's just a true testament to who the people behind this show are, that they really care. Um, so uh, to Andrew, thank you so much. If you ever hear this, um, thank you so much. Um, and the other one is definitely the time that I got to meet Gene and Andrea. Um, that was just a really amazing night. It was at, also at the... Um, the improv show, the Kim Bits improv show. And when I got the opportunity to meet Jean, I just said, I love your Twitter. It's so wise. Like, I just want to learn from you. And she was very surprised at that. That was the kind of first thing that I had said. And then we ended up just kept chatting about that. Um, and it was really, really awesome. We ended up taking a picture and it was really great. Um, and when I talked to Andrea, um, I had waited, I think about 20 minutes just because people kept coming and chatting with her. Um, but then when I finally got the opportunity to, we were just talking about, you know, like whatever was happening. Um, and I got nervous just as I was like, you know, talking to someone that, um, kind of inspires me. Um, and when I get nervous, I talk a lot and I kind of just say things and I was just like, Oh, I'm also a writer. And I brought up some of the stuff that I was working on and I took it back instantly. I was like, no, 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 this isn't about you. You know, you're chatting with somebody else. This isn't about you. Um, so I kind of like apologized and she was like, no, no, no. Oh, so you're a writer. And instantly I took it back. I was like, no, 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 I'm not a writer. I haven't published anything. Uh, I'm amateur at best. And she's like, so you're a writer. And I said, no, I was, I, and I kept trying to fight it. And after about three back and forth, she just put her hand in front of me and said, you're a writer. Um, and for me hearing that was a little bit of the affirmation that I didn't know that I needed. Um, at that time I was kind of struggling with the kind of things that I was working on and didn't know if it was something I wanted to continue as, despite, you know, putting some work into it. Um, but hearing that kind of really made me feel more confident in my work. Um, so Andrea, I say, thank you so much. I always feel so weird, about giving thank yous like this, but if I ever get the opportunity to talk to Andrea again, um, or ever meet her, I definitely want to take the proper way to thank her because she doesn't know what those words did for me. Um, and I think that is, is really amazing. And for anyone else who's listening, who's thinking about doing something, whether it's writing or there's something else in their life that they're doing, um, take it as a sign, look past the doubt, um, and go for it. Um, so yeah, that was, those are some of the most amazing, um, cast interactions that I've had. Um, actually any cast interaction has been amazing. Um, but I just want to take the opportunity to thank, um, Andrew, uh, Andrea and Jean for that because it, it really, really was amazing and it's definitely kind of pushed me to continue pursuing what I'm doing um, as well as, you know, making the show that much more enjoyable, getting to know who the folks are. 
Um, so I want to say thank you so much again to everybody behind Kim's Convenience for everything the show does for so many people, not just myself. And I also want to thank Mike for giving the opportunity to record for this podcast. Um, it's been a dream since I first heard of it. So um, I'm really glad I got the opportunity. Um, so once again, bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, be sure to take care of yourself. As, take care of uh, those around you. Uh, stay healthy and stay safe. You know how Kimchi has that line about meeting really great people in line at his sneaker meetups? That's sort of what happened to us last year with this guy, Michael. Uh, we met him in line mm, at right. Fan Expo uh, that day to meet the cast for their first ever um, meet and greet slash panel. So not only that, we also found out that Mike flew from the States to meet <laughs> these guys now you got to give him credit for that. That's fan dedication. Right? That's amazing. <laughs> so here's Michael. Hello, everyone. My name is Michael Whitesides, and I live in the U.S. Uh, please don't hold that against me. I came across Kim's because of Netflix, and I'm pretty sure that at this point, that goes for most of the fans. Uh, not everyone's lucky enough to live in Canada and able to watch the show week by week. Pretty jealous of that, I, honestly. Uh, I've watched the entire series at least five times through, seriously. Uh, the first time I watched, I was really drawn to Appa. Uh, he has that gruff exterior but soft interior, and he has some of the best lines on the show. Uh, what stands out most is really his heart. He's a genuine person that really wants to connect and empathize with customers, and that, that's really what stands out to me. Uh, the second time I watched, I really appreciated Alma. Uh, she really is the glue of the family. I mean, she honestly does run the store and she really holds the family together. And if it weren't for her, you wouldn't have had the Appa Jung reunion. And Alma is genuinely the queen of the sneak attack. I mean, she's, she's just fantastic. Uh, the third time I really loved kimchi. I mean, I love kimchi every time I watch, but, uh, I also grew up without a dad, so I was really able to relate to him for so many reasons. But uh, the scenes where Kimchi is paired with Appa are genuinely some of my absolute favorites. Uh, you're able to see a more vulnerable side of Kimchi, so he, you know, he opens up, and consequently that shows the more paternal side of Appa. And plus, ballcock really is a funny word. Let's be honest. Uh, I hope at some point Kimchi sees his dad. I would love how to see that would play out for better or for worse, but I would just love for them to meet. Um, picking a favorite episode, that's it's so hard. Uh, it, it's so hard, but I guess I'll have to go with best before. Uh, there's something really innately funny when characters on shows are ill. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. At least that's my kind of humor. Um, seeing the shared stubbornness between Appa and Janet, that was, that was so great. Uh, but the cherry on top was Appa at the end when they're exercising and Appa bends over and he says he needs to go change his panties. I mean, come on, that's, that's gold. Uh, Kim's is just a really well-written show. It has a lot of heart and the parts are truly greater than the sum. Not every show can say that, but this show, it, it's so great. Uh, it brings a lot of people of different skin tones and walks of life, which things have improved there, but you know, we're not there yet, but I absolutely love 
that there's so much variation. Uh, it really hammers home the point that family and life problems are universal and don't pertain to one race or culture. And our, you know, the world as a whole needs more of that. Uh, Kim's is about family and friends and highs and lows. And if nothing else, I love watching the show because you genuinely feel good. Even just the intro, it just makes you happy. Uh, you laugh a lot. You feel connected. And that's honestly more important now than ever, or at least living in the States has really shown me that. For all those reasons, I absolutely love the show. Kim's Convenience is the best. Uh, I was actually lucky enough to meet the cast at the, uh, what was it like, Fan Expo? Yeah, Fan Expo in Toronto last year. Uh, what stood out was the humility of the cast as they met the fans. Uh, Andrew, who plays Kimji, stuck out because he was super genuine. He really did want to connect with every single person that he came across, and it, that was really fun to see. Uh, when it was my turn to take the photo with the cast, uh, he noticed that the print they were signing for me, and he asked where I got it, and I told him it was on Redbubble. He then saw my phone case. Uh, it's a Home Alone VHS cover, which I, Home Alone is one of the best movies of all time, uh, just Christmas, just FYI. Uh, and then we uh, talked about, or at least he talked about how you know important it is to support artists. So that was actually kind of great of him. Uh, to me, the cast is full of stars, but none of them acted like it. Like, it's huge. Like, it's, you know, it's worldwide, but the way they acted, the way they interacted with fans, you would have never been able to tell. It was it was great. Uh, Jean, who plays Alma, she walked around uh, the waiting line and spoke to different people. Uh, it was taking a little longer, and, you know, everyone kind of knew that. But, you know, they were making their way through making, you know, kind of calming. Well, not really calming people. That's a horrible way of saying that. But anyway, the interaction was great. The fans appreciated it, and they are just such lovely and amazing people. And it really made my trip from the southern part of the U.S. to Toronto, so worth it. Uh, one thing I look forward to watching is the development of Terrence's character. Uh, he's really such a wild card, and if you told me he was a priest at some point or a serial killer, I genuinely, I believe both. He's, he's fantastic. Uh, he's really fun to watch, and all I know is that you don't mess around with Puzzle Terrence that guy's legitimately crazy and scary. Uh, but I guess the last thing is I was kind of disappointed. I Sorry to say it. A little disappointed that Gwen didn't get a whole lot more airtime. I really wanted to see more of that Gwen kimchi uh, dynamic there. But maybe, hopefully, obviously, they live together now. So hopefully we'll see more of that in the next season. All right. Thanks, guys. Be well. And last but not least, we have our friend, Kimbit Lisa, who's come back to give her thoughts on season three and four and some advice for some new fans when meeting and interacting with the cast. Yeah, because Lisa's like a super fan, but not only for Kim's convenience, she's always first in line for like everything. I know we say that all the time, so. <laughs> <laughs> and here's Lisa. Hi, I'm Kimbit Lisa. And I've been a longtime fan of Kim's Convenience. I can say I've been a fan since uh, the very first episode. I had come upon Kim's Convenience advertising 
um, throughout Toronto and I saw Paul's picture and I knew him from a little show called Train 48 and I decided, well, I loved him on that. I'm going to give this uh, show a chance. I I try as much as possible to give uh, Canadian shows a chance. Love to support Canadian shows. Um, what other things drew me that is was a comedy? I needed a good comedy to to uh, get into. Um, I thought it'll be interesting to see how this does. Um, will I be able to relate? to it um, in any sort of way. Um, so as far as that goes, um, what I first really uh, related to was, and it's a little bit different, but Jung and Appa relationship, well, the non-relationship, because I also had that sort of non-relationship with my mother for various reasons, disagreements on uh, different life things. And so we hadn't talked in years. Um, so when uh, Appa's Lung episode came out and that John get to visit Appa in the, uh, the uh, hospital, that gave me hope and thinking, hmm, I wonder if that's going to happen for me. Perhaps it will. And um, cue to earlier this year and my mom having to go into the hospital because of the fall. And um, for the first time in years, I went and visited her. It wasn't as nice as it could be because there was certain issues she was going through. And then, of course, now COVID's happened and she's in lockdown um, at a residence. And I can't see her right now, but we do have the phone. So it still gives me hope. Um, also can relate a little bit to Janet. It seems like Janet has to prove herself to her parents in certain ways, like because they're not looking totally favorably at her photography career. And I always had to prove to my mom, oh, what I was doing was going to be good. I had to seek her approval, which I didn't always get. Now, if I want to go a little bit over my thoughts about season three and four, and I've heard various other people indicate they weren't as happy with those seasons. Um, you know, there were some uh, some episodes that stood out for more more for me. And just generally overall, my first thought is that I love seeing the support characters develop some more, such as Terrence. Terrence, I love Terrence. Um, and then Gwen for Kimchi, Stacy. Uh, the, the Janet and Gerald dynamic. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, as far as episodes say in season three, um, I loved the play on the emergency contacts um, in uh, Army Spoon episode, um, how Kim Chi had put Ama down and then up and down of Janet. So that was kind of interesting. Now, the other one, the next one that stood out was episode six, the Kim Cup. Now, when they were clearing out things and um, up and bringing back the ping pong table as an excuse to be with 
Jung and maybe recapture what he saw as happy times. What I recently realized after watching it again is there's hula hoops hanging up from the ceiling. And for me, that's, that's, that's special because I love hula hooping. So, you know, in my little head, I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's a Lisa thing there. So it was nice to see that. Um, uh, episode seven of uh, season three, Appanoon Delight was a fave title. I really do like that. And that was kind of hilarious. Episode nine, I really felt for Janet when she had to take the engagements photos because I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, episode 11, uh, appetitis, I think it is. Gerald was in the hospital and Janet was being a great friend. And to me, it was almost a little bit more than a friend. Uh, she was making sure everything was okay, which ties into something that happens in another season. Um, the uh, episode 12 where uh, Jung uh, said love on the card to Shannon and oh my God, Chelsea kissed Janet. Um, but the biggest shocker was in uh, episode 13 for me, Lord of the Ring, where we kind of find out about Jimmy and Pastor Nina. So there were some good things about season three and I, I laughed my butt off. I cried a little. Um, then we get to season four. Um, episode two, couch surfing. I nearly peed my pants laughing because you will remember DNT and JBT. Uh, I don't really, do I really want to say them out loud? Dick knows Terrence and job board Terrence. So that was really funny. And that's another thing I like about this season because Terrence got some I want to say meaty episodes, some meaty scenes that we get to a little know a little bit more about him. Um, I so loved episode three, the help when Shannon got to give Alejandro his stuff in the box. Because if you know me, I wasn't a big Alejandro fan. That's not to say anything against the, the actor who plays Alejandro, but I'm a big time Shan Jung fan. Um, and so then we get to see Shan Jung in the closet, Shan Jung in the car. So Lisa was happy in that episode. Um, I did a snort laugh in episode four in Happy Anniversary when Kim Chi realized that Shan Jung was a thing. Just his reaction. And, and um, Andrew's really good with those reactions. So I love that. Episode five, the thinking about Incan. Because I've been thinking about Incan that, again, because I have a few tattoos myself, um, that piqued my interest. And to hear the mention of just the passing mention of the name Maestro Fresh, Fresh Wes, um, I think he needs to make an appearance in Kim's Convenience. Uh, and then we get to see a little bit about Gwen Chi, that's our Gwen and... Um, Kimchi, I ship that. Um, now, episode six is Soccer Dad, and that had my heart. Um, because, again, it was a promise of the relationship of Appa and Jung um, coming together again. And that hug on the field, if you had been in my apartment while I was watching that episode, you would have saw 
the river works coming down my face because that just had my heart and I'm sorry it did. Now episode, uh, I forget what number it is, Beacon of Truth, the lemon squares to see kimchi making uh, lemon squares. Um, and I was really proud of John um, writing the wrong um, and him smearing, just him smearing the, the lemon squares across his top. Um, to me, that showed he had um, Shannon's back. And I, and I really loved that. But the most hilarious thing was um, Shannon sending Terrence off to her place to get a replacement dress because she had spilled the coffee or tea or whatever it was and him going to the wrong apartment what I really don't remember is if we ever found out whose apartment it might have been I would really like to know because the dress he brought back obviously was bigger it wasn't a size that Shannon would wear in any sort of way and it wasn't bright enough, you know, it just, it didn't seem like Shannon anyways. And if we remember correctly, when she was on the phone with Terrence, um, talking about, he said something about dogs and she doesn't have dogs, she has cats. So she already knew it sounded like he was in the wrong place. So I really want to know, or maybe we can have the writers tell us something about whose uh, apartment he went to. Um, episode 10 was in the bedroom and again Terrence I love Terrence um if you don't already know at um fan expo I cosplays as Mr. Terrence Pepler um he's really grown on me and I like his progression and especially puzzle Terrence and him getting so into it having his little table um having his name on the table and then him getting down to the one last peace and him flipping out it was amazing so Michael you were really amazing I love that episode um so during COVID at beginning of COVID I went and uh, purchased a, a puzzle that I haven't I haven't done a puzzle in I don't know how many years and I was channeling my inner Terrence and I swear to you I got down to the last piece and I couldn't find it at first, but of course it was just stuck under a box. So I had a, a, a bit of a laugh um, during that. Now, Knife Strife, um, that was episode 12. And, you know, a number of things happened in that episode. Um, but one of the biggest things as we got to find out who, what Kimchi's real name was Arnold, Arnold Han. Um, so that's kind of good. It's another piece of the puzzle of Kimchi and getting to know a bit more about him. Um, then we get to episode 13. Bon Voyage. And this is where I know a number of people have said, no. Gerald and Janet should never happen. It doesn't make sense. You know what? To me, it does. They've lived together for a few years. Um, you get to know a person's 
ins and outs. And that's what you kind of do in a, a relationship anyways. So I think personally, um, Gerald, it was more percolating for him. So that kiss affected him too. And he wanted to talk about it, but she didn't. Because I think in her mind, she was going, oh, my God, we kissed. Oh, oh, no, 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 I can't go there. But at the same time, I think it started to percolate for her, Janet, I should say not just her, um, as well. And I just think it's been there longer for him because I had looked back at Gerald and he usually sticks up for her. You know, with Chelsea, he may, you know, uh, be pulled into some of Chelsea's ribbing, that sort of thing of Janet, you know, the Janet show um, and the theme song to the Janet show. But I think pretty much... Gerald has stuck up for her and been there for her. And that's part of a mark of a good boyfriend. Um, he was even, you know, I know it was partly because of him wanting, going to Korea with Chelsea and, you know, teaching. And But he, he put an effort into learning Korean. And I don't think it was just because of the trip. I think he wanted to have another thing to show Janet that he cared. And so we obviously um, see that when um, he actually leaves because he tells Janet he's going to be thinking of her every day. And obviously she doesn't know because she doesn't know as much Korean as maybe she should. So for me, I think in that time that everybody's away, I think Janet is going to come back without Raj. I don't think that's going to last. I think you may see Gerald come back and maybe his feelings have gone a different way and Janet will try to get in there because she realized how much she's going to have missed Gerald, but that's just me. Um, now I, when Uma had dropped the pen in the hospital with, um, Appa was there. I started to think something was up and obviously the doctor did too. Right. So I started to get really anxious because I don't want to see any of my favorite characters get um, sick or something happen to them. And just, you know, them talking about uh, whether we are left with at the end with uh, whether it's four months or four years. So we're left wondering what it is. So she's going to be going through something, whether it's cancer or, you know, something like that. And that's real life. So I I do want to see, it's not that I want to see her character ill, but I do want to see something come from this um, because I do like the serious moments of the show and to see how um, they can get through that um, because I like to cry and I like to laugh. I really do. Um, yeah, so that's what it, season three and season four, you know, it had 
some really good stuff. And I, I do, I do realize that I love, you know, season one, the best, that sort of thing, but I loved something about every single season. Now, I want to get into a little bit into, you know, meeting the cast. I think the first time I met the cast was at the Real Asian uh, Film Fest and um, showing an episode of Kim's Convenience. And there was Inch Choi, there was Paul, there was Jean, and there was Simu. And I got, you know, listened to the Q&A and people got to go up to them and we got to get pictures, that sort of thing. Um, I was really impressed really impressed with them taking the time um, with fans. So that sticks with me because um, if you know a little bit about me, I usually go to see red carpets at TIFF and try and meet the, the stars that I really like, you know, and I'm not one of those collectors, but I like to go and say hi. And if I get a picture, if I get an autograph, you know, that's a, that's a bonus for me, but I'm, said to myself when I first met them, you know, any chance I can get, I'm going to go and tell them, hey, hi, I, I still like what you're doing, you know, I, and appreciate um, what you are doing. And so I think they've seen me a lot of times over the years now. Um, and I was trying to think of my most memorable experience uh, meeting them. There's been a few. The one that I will pick out because it's immortalized for me is um, a number of summers ago <laughs> um, at the CNE, they had a meet and greet and it was supposed to be Paul and Jean and Andrea, um, Andrew, Nicole and Simu. So I got down to my CNE early and did some walking around, kept checking to see if there was a lineup. And then I finally came back around and saw some people lining up. So I did too. I wasn't number one in line. <laughs> That's what a lot of people think these days. And sometimes I do. Um, so when we were, it was time for the cast to come, we could see them coming in and there was no Simu. So I thought, oh, darn, is it not coming? So I got up and, you know, did my usual, oh, I love you guys, and um, got my picture and then kind of heard that Sima would be coming still. He's just not here yet. So, you know, a number of us got back in line and we were standing there and we didn't realize, but Sima had actually joined the line. I think he was, you know, doing it for fun. And so when got back up again they're like Lisa you know <laughs> and um uh Kim Colin who I'd met there um actually took the photo for me but it's of me in the mall and I said you know you can make a funny you know Andrea made a funny face and it just just the image of it um made my heart smile and so I immediately that day actually went and got uh went into the uh I think it's the international pavilion where they'd sell a lot of things at the CNE. And I was able to get a, my, that picture right away on a phone case. So I, you know, that phone case got a little dusty and dirty over that year. So I got the next year, I went back and got it done again. Um, I also have it 
blown up and stretched on <clears throat> canvas so I can have it hanging on the wall. And I just most recently um, needed a mouse pad for my new work at home desk. And so now I have it on the mouse pad um, so that I can smile while I work. What I would really, really, really love, and I'm not sure it would ever happen, is um, it would be nice to get a picture like that, but one with, you know, like Terrence and Pastor Nina and Enrique and Mr. Meta and Mrs. Lee and Mr. Chin, Serial Guy, Gwen, etc. Because those supporting characters are just as important to the show because they help our main characters play off certain things and um you know, I, I, I want to see more from Mr. Meta. Mr. Meta um, and his, my God, the weather reaches everywhere, you know, things like that. His, um, I call them Mr. Meta-isms. Um, I want to see more of Terrence. I want to see um, more of Stacy. Stacy is hilarious, too. Um, I'd love to meet. I, I've met, I think, most of them to get autographs, but there's just a couple I haven't um, to get autographs. I do have a Kim's Convenience poster that I've got out right now getting framed, but framed in a way that I can take it out if I need to get that last couple autographs. Um, now, tips on meeting them. I just say listen um, watch the Kim's Convenience uh, site uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Watch the cast Twitter, that sort of thing. Look for appearances they may uh, make. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen anytime soon as far as in person. Um, but watch for that. Um, be prepared when that starts up again to have to stand in line. Um, which is something I'm used to. And that's why I usually go early. So I have a better chance at actually getting to say hi. Um, and realize that when you're in a lineup like that, don't, I, I, I make it real not to take up so much time. I'll say, thank you guys. Nice to see you again. Um, but remember there are other people in line as well, who are waiting for maybe that first chance um, to meet them. So even though I've met them, I'll still go, but I try not to take up so much of their time. Um, as far as their social media, yeah, following on there. I don't comment on every single thing um, they do. I don't ask to be followed. Um, if it happens, it happens. Um, I don't you know, ask for it because I've seen it happen in other different fandoms and I can only imagine how many people they would have to follow if they followed everybody who asked. And now some do, um, that, that's fine, but you, you also can't expect an answer back each and every time to everything you tweet. Um, and I don't expect that either. I don't reply to every single tweet they do. I try and stick to, do I have something concrete to say or 
funny to say or something that I really want to say. Um, I don't like each and every one of their tweets because I don't see each and every one of their tweets every day. Um, I don't have time to watch for it. Um, you know, a lot of what I do is I do live tweet during the shows because I, I like that. Um, I like to show my um, happiness towards certain scenes, or if I see a particular scene that really touched my heart, I will let them know. And at the end of the show, um, I say thank you for that episode because I've learned to call it my Tuesday soul, soul nourishment. Um, it's it. Kim's Convenience has grown to be the show that I work around like. If somebody asks me out on a Tuesday night and Kim's convenience on, I go, no, we got to reschedule. I need to watch it live. I like to watch it live on the TV um, because that's where it technically is live broadcasting from. I know CBC Gem will have it earlier, but I like watching it live because that's when most fans will, where most people get to watch it. And I figure I want to start my tweeting then so I don't... Um, you know, spoil anything for uh, anybody. And, you know, if you follow along Kim's Convenience and OKCU, um, that's generally what I do with my tweets. And I don't necessarily tag the stars in every single tweet unless it's something particular I think I want them to know I'm very happy about. Um, and so sometimes I will get tweets back, retweets, like, that sort of thing. So, yeah, just if you're ever wanting to meet them, just stay up on and follow the Kim's Convenience Twitter account, Facebook, um, go to OKCU, Kim's Convenience, follow the stars. Um, you know, let them know you love the show. Let CBC know you love the show and you do know it's coming back. Um, for two more seasons, it's been greenlit. Um, we're not sure, of course, what Simu will be able to do. But, you know, as a big Shanjung fan, I am hoping he will be able to make some good appearances in the next two seasons. Um, I know he's going on to bigger things in his Marvel uh, universe. Um, I'm so happy for him. Um, I wish the world for him. I wish the world for all the characters. Um, as far as my hopes for the season, for the series, I should say, I wish it could go on for many seasons. I wish it could be a longer season, like more episodes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I still love it. I, I will watch it no matter what um, happens. Um, I do have an ultimate little fantasy because I love in particular the cold openings where they have the, you know, a customer come in or oftentimes Mr. Meta or Mr. Chin to kind of give a little jump start to the show. My uh, ultimate fantasy would be that I would come in as a customer in the store and I'd come in with my hula hoops and somehow, of course, I would knock something over and 
Mr. Kim gets mad and Mr. Meta is there too, you know, having some water and he says something witty about it. And then that's it. I have to go out or I've recently added to that, that somehow a couple of the Raptors come in the store and that's why maybe I knock things over because I get all excited that Norman Powell's day is in the store. But you know, that's a, that's a Kimbit fantasy there. Um, as far as the series, because you never know how long it's going to go, like how many seasons. I've always had this thought in my mind, even after season two, like if it ever ended, for some reason, my vision tells me it's going to end on a wedding. Now, whether that's a Janet wedding, that's where my head is leading to. And recently, my head has also said, it's a Janet wedding, and then Shannon and Jung come back together somehow. So I guess my mind is telling me Shan Jung won't be forever, but maybe in the end, it will come together. So that's my story as a Kimbit and why I started to watch the show, um, how I relate to the show, you know, meeting the cast. Um, what I've loved about certain episodes, what I say about being a fan, be patient with them, be kind to them, don't overwhelm them with requests. Because again, remember now, um, if they had to answer to every request, how much of their life they wouldn't have left um, to live for themselves, right? And I can only imagine now, and I've seen it for poor Simu as well, um, because of his Marvel status too, like how many people, um, you know, just tweet him or retweet anything you've tweeted to him, that sort of thing. His, I'm hoping he has his Twitter notifications turned off so that he just goes in and if he has some time, he'll look at a few of them. Um, I just, yeah. Just be nice and kind and don't be asking for so much, but just let them know how much you love them. And that's the, that's the what, what I follow. Um, so, um, I hope you like what you've heard. Um, I can be found at lambchop99 on, uh, Twitter or at lambchop66 on Instagram. I am Kimbit Lisa. I think I will be a Kimbit forever. And uh, thanks to Mike and Ruby for allowing me to do this little thing here. So, okay, see you. So inspired by Paul, a.k.a. Appa's My Geeky Basement, which Paul... Uh, during COVID, what he did is he started a fun little project at home, a YouTube channel from mm -hmm. his Bitter Asian Dude Inc. channel, <laughs> uh, which you can which you can follow and um, subscribe to. Uh, My Geeky Basement is basically uh, him unboxing and showing off some of the stuff that he's collected over the years. If you don't already know, he's a big cosplayer. He's a big into geek culture, especially Star mm -hmm. Wars. Ghostbusters, those sort of things. And he has really awesome gear there. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's made a lot of fun videos, and the one thing that I really liked were the bloopers, so 
it made me remember that <laughs> these episodes are never actually perfect. We I go through a <laughs> lot of editing through these. So as part of the show, as you guys know, um, we knew that we needed to close it off with the OKCU. And with the magic of editing, we make it sound seamless. But when we're recording, they don't usually come <laughs> out that nicely. At least not the first time. <laughs> yeah, not the first time. So here are some of our favorites. Until the next time. Okay, see you. <laughs> I was practicing too. That one sucked. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, see you. See you. Oh, I can't do it. I give up. <laughs> I give up. Until the next time. Okay, see you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it and I it even practiced. It always I sounds practiced. like a question. Okay, see you. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, see you. Until the next time. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying <laughs> it. Oh, oh, I thought. Oh, I, I, I thought. Okay, I didn't. I, I thought. I was like, oh, I was gonna be gonna be like, okay, I have something I need to make. Until the next time. Okay, see you. Okay, see you. <laughs> Okay. See you. Until the next time. Okay. See you. Oh, are we doing it together? We didn't do it together the first time. <laughs> okay. Wait, see, see you. you. Let me try it again. Okay. okay. See you. Hang on. It's three, then okay. You're kind of like three, okay. okay. And I'm like, what? Okay. You count. No, you count. Okay, okay, see, see you. you. Similarly, as you guys know, we try to throw in some fun closing sponsor messages. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they take a few takes and sometimes we just think they're pretty funny. So here's some of our favorites. 82. And now a message from our sponsor. He tweets faster than a rabid influencer, poses harder than an Instagram model, able to leap toxic fans in a single bound, it's action figure Simu Liu. Simu Liu. Oh, Liu. Liu. <laughs> Wrong last name. Okay, let me just do that second part again. It's action figure Simu Liu. Simu Liu. Okay, water. Simu Liu. It's action figure Simu, Simu Liu. <laughs> Frick. <laughs> this is going to be on the bloopers. It's action figure. It's action figure. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's action figure Simu Lu. <laughs> I'll record that after. It's all good. Okay, let me just get the until the next time. Okay, so if you have any comments, questions, or stories to share, tweet me at MikeYUAN82. And don't forget to control the ketchup trip. Ketchup trip. Oh, God, I practice this too. Yep. <laughs> The ketchup chip population. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> are, are chips going to get spayed or not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got this. Two, and now a message from our sponsor. Plop. High center of gravity problems. Plop it. Watermelon Gatorade surplus. Plop it. Under tipped at work. Plop it. If any of these sound like you, you are eligible. Come attend our seminar on the newest revolutionary paradigm shift that everyone is talking about. 
when life gives you lemons, plop, plop it. it. Visit seeisolveproblem.ca. The first 20 attendees will receive a special Massage Kike gift pack. Plop. So that was a fun episode. But uh, yeah, let's close this off. I mean, we have some closing thoughts, obviously. I mean, wrapping up seasons three and four of Kim's itself. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, Why don't you go first? What were your thoughts on seasons three and four? Well, I think as we've talked about with all our guests in this season of our podcast, we season three was neither mine nor Mike's favorite season um of kim's just because of the i guess the more general kind of comedy that the the writers and the cast were presenting we didn't feel that it contained the depth and the emotional connections as with season one and two and how they try to bring those emotional connections back in season four um season four definitely hard-hitting finale that (laughs) had many many things that it really draws you in to want to find out more to it's going to be hard to top that one in the future that finale definitely super hard-hitting and it makes you long for season five and six and unfortunately due to covid as we know they couldn't start filming right away or like filming during their regular times so we don't know (laughs) when seasons five and six would start filming therefore we don't know when we can see it yeah (laughs) i've heard through the grapevine that they're going to start recording um in september that's when they're going to start shooting but uh even that is probably going to be on pause if there is a heavy second wave right so I mean, with all the rules in place, they're trying to make sure that it's safe to film. Of course. And um, yeah, I mean, that's a story everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. For everything, not just not yeah. just like for filming, for everything. Yeah. We we know that everyone's trying to be safe during these times, and uh, unfortunately, physical distancing is one of the best ways to to kind of keep the numbers at at bay. So. <laughs> We appreciate the cast, the writers, the producers, and everyone staying safe because mm. obviously we want them to. Um, but yeah, we definitely are looking for forward to um, seasons five and six. And yeah. So what are some things for you for seasons five and six you're looking forward to? Well, after that last episode, I would like some answers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think we've talked about it before in one of our previous episodes. I mean, will Janet and Gerald happen? Mm-hmm. Will there be a time skip? Right. Um, and just knowing that uh, Simu has his other project as right. as uh, Shang-Chi, we don't know what's going to happen with him. And I hope that um, whatever they're negotiating or figuring out, that it would be either a good a good way to incorporate him mm-hmm. or like a good exit for him rather than kind of like sudden drops as we have we seen in other comedies where characters had to leave and it's just like okay what just happened <laughs> mm-hmm. so he is a very important character and i would like to have either a good wrap-up or a good continuation of having him there right um but yeah like in terms of storyline development definitely I don't know which way I'm leaning towards in terms of the Janet Gerald yeah. relationship. I don't know if I want to see them together or if I want them to stretch it out a little bit. Um, in terms of Amam um, um, Appa, I would definitely think 
that whatever illness the ama has it won't be serious enough to be mm-hmm. terminal or anything like that because I, I don't think they're trying to kill off characters. No. <laughs> so <laughs> we would definitely love to see more of Jean uh, who plays Amma. So yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts just in terms of expectations that I have. But in mm. terms of what I really want to see, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to whatever the writers have. Um, I'm open to whatever the writers have up their sleeves, but I just hope that they continue that emotional mix with comedy and doesn't revert back to the season three style. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good segue for me to jump in and say that, yeah, I mean, we beat to death why we probably didn't like season three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to go there. I will say though that season four, it was encouraging to see that there were, they were trying to move forward from season three and give progression to everybody or Mm -hmm. at least as many people as they can. Again, uh, big props in season three and four for giving Kimchi all that development. Um, He basically went from plucky sidekick to a real, they're really fleshing out this character. Yeah. Right? He's the fan favorite. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Um, Janet... Uh, even though season three kind of made me want to bang my head on the wall, I think that there's great growth there. Mm. The season four finale, I hope to see a lot more character characterization with Oma. Yes. Because there's a lot of opportunity for that in whether she shares uh, the sickness with her kids or she kind of... I guess deals with it in the Asian parent way. Yes. Bottle it up and not <laughs> hide tell everything. every yeah, hide <laughs> everything. And uh, of course, with those kind of opportunities, I guess we get more appa as well. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, introducing new characters and bringing in and fleshing out this universe. Seasons three and four did an awesome job of doing that. I think this was sort of the expanding the universe season, and of course, you can't drive so much character development on everybody mm, so much so time, yeah. exactly then it's just too much for most mm-hmm. people uh seasons five and six so i hope that they find that right balance i'm very hopeful for it because uh, i can't really say I, I, I do i do have some insider knowledge uh, no, no. yeah I, I can't say exactly what it is but i'm very well i'm encouraged by it i think that five and six are probably going to turn out really good. Now people are going to email you. <laughs> yeah, I can't say, but yeah, it, it'll, it'll be good to see how they carry forward. I know we've discussed a lot about our doubts on Simu and his whole thing with Marvel and mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I'm hopeful. I, I think Simu mm. at the very least, he knows, he knows where he comes from. Right. Right. But it's not really up to him sometimes. I mean, there are contracts. And as uh, Jana had said, uh, Tom and Chris Evans had both had their own projects aside from the Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. So he could probably fit stuff in. Kim's only shoots for like two months in the year normally outside of COVID. (laughs) Uh, 
you know, as long as he's not in every Avengers movie moving forward, I think he could fit Kim's in. Right. Uh, but even if they don't, there's still a lot of story potential. There's a lot more characters. Again, because of season three and four, there's a lot more characters that they brought in mm-hmm. to tell more stories. Uh, maybe they flesh out Terrence to be taking his <laughs> spot somehow. Not not as a part of the Kim family, but, you know, yeah. I mean, just the same way that they did with Kimchi. So there's a lot of great potential there. So five and six, looking forward to it. Looking forward to just getting back to the core of things. I, I always talk about how I love seasons one and two, and it really holds seasons one near and dear. So mm-hmm. I hope that they can bring back some of that magic but you know what let's see what they can do let's see that they can do better okay so enough about me talking um so in the last year we've had a lot of fan interactions with the cast what were your favorite moments pizza pizza (laughs) (laughs) well i definitely i think the it it was the season four premiere that we watched at uh, bad dog theater yeah um so for those that don't know or haven't heard yet Paul and Andrew came walking in with pizza boxes and started handing them to people and we're like, yeah. what's going on? It's like, what is this? And there were actually hot piping pizza pizzas in the boxes. <laughs> and it was it was just so nice. And we know that um, Andrew's always said, you know, he wanted to to give the fans pizza at one point at some event. So he really lived up to it. And um, I thought it was a very nice little thing to do because not only did he kind of helped organize that premiere screening. Um, But, you know, he pretty much brought us food and it it really was a great experience. Um, I don't go to fan things for other shows or other, other things in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But this, like this really made it feel like it was near and dear and personal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really did appreciate that. Um, Fan expo, I think was a great opportunity it's just that I was really sick <laughs> and slightly delirious. Yeah. So that's probably why I don't remember too much about it. But I remember us making the t-shirts and um, I, I was really happy to see other fans' pictures where the cast actually put on her t-shirts with yeah. their pictures. So it's like, oh, that's so sweet. So yeah, that, that was really cool. And then having them be on a panel and seeing Amanda, because I think that was the first time we got to see Amanda in person. Yeah. Because she's never at anything that, that we get to go to. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yay. And she's just as beautiful in person as mm-hmm. she is on TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, you took my two moments. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, just to add on that, when Michael walked into the panel wearing our shirt, because we made him a Lunch buddy shirt, mm-hmm. uh, I think I I created all these from scratch because uh, we didn't have a lot of time before Fan Expo. And we knew we were trying to have a kid, so I wanted to do something special mm-hmm. for them. So if I remember correctly, Jean's shirt said, Beware of Sneak Attack. <laughs> um Ben, who plays Gerald, his shirt had all the nicknames that Gerald has. Bum Bum, G, um, shoot, I forget all of them now. Jer Bear. Yeah. yeah. There's mm-hmm. something else. Um, Paul, I just made him the You Can Do Better shirt. <laughs> right. Andrea, uh, most beautiful, most talented, <laughs> most special. Uh, I, I think I did World's, no, TV's 
favorite pastor since 2016 right. for Amanda because I didn't quite know what to do for that one because it was our first time meeting her. Yeah. And uh, kimchi, I made something, sorry, for Andrew, I made something that said something for fun- Fungonomics. Yes. So if you ever see me tweeting about Andrew, I always put everything, Fungonomics, everything. <laughs> um, and finally for Michael, I did World's Best Lunch Buddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he wore that to the panel, and that's I was super touched by that mm-hmm. that he did something, well that he wore it. Yeah. And later on, I noticed that like yeah, there were pictures of them mm-hmm. wearing all their t-shirts. So when they were taking pictures with the other fans, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the second meet and greet that was after ours. So going back to the season four opener, uh, on top of Andrew delivering on a promise for pizza, mm-hmm. the other thing was I finally got to talk paul one-on-one uh after all these years i think four years three or four years like <laughs> i i met him at that first event and i was asian reels the real asian oh, festival real asian festival it was just after like the fourth episode screener uh, and so i was really nervous at the real asian mm-hmm. that i barely asked him for a selfie so going up to him i figured you know, I finally had this courage to go up to this guy who knows <laughs> my so name. <laughs> it's like my fifth or seventh time seeing him in person. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Mike. <laughs> I'm like, hi. <laughs> so I finally want to tell you in person what your performance means to me because I was really touched by his performance as Appa during the, the stage play. Mm-hmm. It was his final line, something about mentioning to Jung how, you know, the stories of my legacy, you are my legacy, or yeah. something along those lines. And I I, I teared up. I, mm-hmm. I almost didn't finish saying it. <laughs> and um, the, guy, the guy hugged me. And yeah. I was like, okay, wow. I finally <laughs> got to say it. I finally said it. I think, I think <laughs> I've crossed something off my bucket list. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, that was a really great moment and a great way to cap everything off because, I mean, for us, with the kid coming along the way, I mean... We have a baby Michael or baby Ruby on the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't know how many more opportunities we're going to meet these guys, so I wanted to make sure that I at least told Paul that mm-hmm. before everything. They're all amazing. Um, it's just that particular moment in his performance really stuck with me because I was with my mom and right. we were both sitting there and we we're almost in tears watching that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, to wrap up this season, did you have any favorites recording this season? No, I think I, I really enjoyed this season because of our podcast because it was a very different format than what we normally do. <laughs> we didn't do episode by episode. <laughs> yeah, like we kind of went through highlights, moments, characters, it's it was very different and i really do hope that our audience enjoyed it as well we tried something new you know and i enjoyed the fact that our guests had such a different perspectives that they could bring and like all these unique little things that are unique to them because i know you asked them to yeah. to be on the episodes for the things that is is kind of representative of who they are mm-hmm. and like things that they do as either a kimbit or as um a fan and just things that is their expertise mm-hmm. so i think in my opinion this might have been a little bit more of a valuable kind of um 
season rather than you know just talking through each episode about what we liked and what our guests liked and what we didn't like right so yeah i hope everyone enjoyed (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot about this season when we did the format change i mean of course the first reason was because we didn't have as much time Mm -hmm. but i think that out of that we also got a lot of quality content to really dig into things versus Mm -hmm. i guess comment on everything i mean it's nice to point out everything all the neat little facts everywhere but sometimes it's just nice to really just talk about the show yes right and uh, i've learned over doing three seasons that usually when people disagree with me those episodes turn out to be better (laughs) (laughs) and i like it when people disagree because i learned something new Mm-hmm. And I, I would have to say that every single <laughs> episode I've disagreed with somebody on something. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, I want to thank our guests, uh, Mel, Jay, Kara, Eugene, Chi Hung, Jana, Ashley, and Amanda uh, for helping us with this season. Because really, mm-hmm. without them, we wouldn't have been able to push out like an hour per episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you to you listeners. For over the seasons, I mean, we've loved your feedback. I mean, it's been a learning process for us. This was our first sort of solo podcast. So it's been a learning experience. So if you like it, share this. And uh, we're always curious to hear what people think. Because at the end of the day, we want to make a great product. Yes. And uh, we hoped that we can give the podcast another shot. But as you know, I mean, we're preparing for the next chapter of our lives. So, you know, we'll play it by ear for now. But uh, with seasons five and six, I mean, obviously, there's more content for us to cover. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So like anything's on the table still. We don't know. And if you really do like the podcast, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Because if we do continue... Um, we definitely want to take your advice and your feedback into consideration on making making a podcast that everyone enjoys, right? Right. <laughs> As always, if you have any comments or questions, tweet me at MikeYUAN82. And this show is marketing conspiracy-free, sometimes past best before date, but still pretty good. For the last time this season... Okay, Okay. see you. Okay, see you. Okay, see you. Okay, see you. See you. See you. Bye. (laughs)